0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I did that series on eternal security. And I just never felt like I finished because I had a couple questions that really I need to deal with. So I'm going to go back to it. And the Lord's already spoke to me the the next series, or the next, actually I'll connect with this series, the next topic for next Sunday, and uh, it's sexual immorality, and he said, I want to show you something. He showed me something uh, last night, and it'll actually, it will tie into this, but uh, anyway, we'll talk about it and how the, the church needs to deal with some things. So I want to go back, and it's been a month, so I need to review just a little bit, but I don't want to get stuck in review because we won't come out of review. So I'm going to kind of move kind of quickly. But we learned that we have been purchased and we've been bought by the blood of Jesus, that we have been given the spirit not unto bondage, unto fear, but the spirit of adoption. That wherefore we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, God. We're connected with God we're his. It says the Spirit of God on the inside of us bears witness or testifies that we're his child. So we can be those that are secure and have an assurance of our relationship with the Lord. And we don't have to be fearful or or think that we're going to get kicked out of the family because we mess up. Anybody in here ever messed up? Okay, okay. Just to make sure I was in the right church, kind I need to leave. I'm an outcast. If okay, we've we've all messed up. We all need the mercy of God. We we need His uh, grace and His goodness in our life. So I want to uh, look at First John chapter three, verse nine. God wants you secure in this. Really, when you're securing this, is when you can you're ready to take responsibility. Because if you're taking responsibility in the things of God or what God has put in your life without being secure in your relationship with the Lord, you're always trying to earn something from Him. You're always trying to get acceptance from Him when acceptance is a gift. It's a gift. Acceptance from Him. Salvation is a gift. It's receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So 1 John chapter 3 verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now that tells me that this verse must be talking about not me, not you because we all have sinned, we've all messed up. Or it's talking about something that we need some understanding on. We saw that actually he's talking about the spirit. Our spirit's been born of God. Uh, if you'll look in the mirror after you get saved, your body still looks the same. Your thinking's still the same. And, but something did change on the inside of you, and that's your spirit. Your spirit was born again of God. It says you were born again by the seed. The seed remains. What's the seed? Well, the seed is the uncorruptible Word of God that endures for all eternity. That seed birthed in you this new creation, this new spirit, and that spirit is alive to God. That spirit is perfected, sanctified. The Bible says it's made in true holiness. So there's a part of you that's holy. There's a part of you that's perfect, and that's a spirit. And that's because God made it that way. Because he did it. We didn't have anything to do with it. He made us perfect. So this is talking about the spirit. The part of you that's been uh, born again. So your spirit cannot sin. But here's the thing. Your body and your soul can. So when we talk about sin. We're talking about our. That, that's the reason we talk about the battles in the mind. It really is. It's a soul. And our our will. Our, our Free choice that God's given us, so we have to renew the mind and do the things we need to. This in your notes. My performance doesn't affect the righteousness and holiness of my spirit. In my spirit, I'm just as righteous and holy as I ever will be. Ephesians two ten. It says we we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, G, uh, in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us today. So what are these good works? Where are these good works? These good works are in Christ. Really, you cannot do good works unless you're in Christ. There's a lot of people doing good things, but they're not in relationship with God, and those things don't even count. Because you've got to be in the kingdom to receive kingdom rewards. To be blessed by God. Thank you. Now is God good to everyone? Yeah. It says he brings the rain to the just and unjust. He blesses as as much as he can according to his word. And that's another message. Next note. It says, I did not get into God's family through anything I did. Is through the belief and trust in Christ alone. It's nothing I did. It was not my, not my goodness. It's not my ungoodness that got me. It was my belief and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone that gets you into the family. So works begin after you're saved. I don't do good works to get saved. I do good works because I am saved. I do things because I want to please him. And the more I learn about his extravagant love for us and his mercy and all he did for us at the cross and the price that was paid, I love him more and I want to please him. I want to do things for him. I want to be not that I'm trying to get sonship. I have that. It was a gift. He birthed me. He adopted me into the kingdom of God. Then 1 John 1.8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We just read, if you're born of God, you cannot sin. Then he says, if you say you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. He's talking about your soul and your spirit. There is sin that the flesh still wants to sin. And we have to deal with that. And so when we confess... uh, our sins, we're doing it to cleanse our, our soul, our body, not our spirit. We belong to God. We don't need to keep on going, God saved me. He has saved you. You're a part of the family. It'd be like your child, uh, they mess up, then they go, I, I confess I didn't clean my room, I, I repent. Would you please let me be in the family again? Now, it'd be fairly cute to you if they were two, you know. You will always be in the family, son. It's no problem. Give some love. But when they're 25, you know, get a grip, son. This is a problem. (laughs) We have a problem here. You're part of the family. A part of me wants to kick you. No. (laughs) You want want to grow up. And whose responsibility is it to grow up in the Lord? Take your finger like this and turn it. (laughs) It's our responsibility. So we need to understand that God's not perfect. And we talked about some of this that... He's, he's made as perfect on the inside, but the outside, we're not, we're not perfect. So we're in process. Your body, your soul has a future. You're, you're going to have a great body later on. Now, you can do good here, and you should. Take responsibility, eat right, exercise, do those things. Do the best you can. But the best you can is not going to compare to that glorified body that God has for you. That thing is Dynamite. Even you will look in the mirror and go, Ooh. like the Fonz, you go, no. Hot, maybe hot. No, them what you do? You just have a little dancing fit. Thank you for this glorified body. <laughs> All right, some of you need chilling. Okay. So the Bible says we were created in righteousness, true holiness. He sealed us. Uh, with this Holy Spirit, uh, our spirit cannot be contaminated. So we're protected. When I sin, I do not become the unrighteousness of the devil. And I'm so glad. Now my right standing with God because of my spirit allows me access to the very throne room of God to come boldly to receive mercy and grace in time of need. That's how strong... This righteousness of God that we've been made is. And your spirit is righteous. And I approach God the Father based on my spirit. Not on my behavior. But I can come to him boldly and get forgiveness for my bad behavior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so in your notes, connecting my performance to God's acceptance of me will always be disappointing and condemning. You ever met some Christians that are just always on the low end? I mean, just I'm just not good enough and, and all that mess. And they're, they're, it's a self-proclaiming prophecy. They're just, they're always low. And they need to be speaking what God says about them. So they always come up short. And they never enjoy the... God's blessing and his, his presence like they should. No matter how I'm, I'm performing, I can always approach God, in my born again spirit. So I relate to God based on who I am in my spirit, and that makes me stable and secure. The question I always asked anytime I talk about grace and have me realize it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that we are in a time where God has placed his hand on the grace message. He has, and this happens. And uh, he he did faith, he did um, salvation. You remember, you know, altar calls are fairly new. Uh, all these things, he places his hand upon them. I remember when prayer was the emphasis, and, and these things. It's not that they're no longer important; they still are. And do things go to extreme? They they do, and that's just the way it is. And God will bring it back. And to a place of balance. We have people in faith. They were claiming uh, spouses that were married to somebody else. Well, you don't find that in the Word. The only thing you can claim is what God says. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, this was years and years ago. I'm, I remember it was so, so funny. I thought, is this a, a joke whatever? Somebody had decided and they called themselves a, a prophetess and they um, actually did a full wedding ceremony. This lady decided she wanted to marry Kenneth Copeland, this preacher. The only problem was Kenneth was married to a lady named Gloria. But that did not stop her from taking this verse <laughs> All things are possible wherever I ask, and faith is mine. Well, see, that wasn't for her to ask for, but she did not let that stop her. She did a full a ceremony, wet bought a wedding dress, everything. Had her picture, and somehow they put together for Kev Copeland, and uh, went through this. Of course, he didn't show up. He didn't know. He did <laughs> no, no <laughs> and, and went through all this. And that wasn't faith. That was just baloney. It was just an old baloney sandwich is what that was. There wasn't no faith in that. Your faith has to be, I could say, well, I'm going to go rob a bank in the name of Jesus. I call it blessed and I'll get away with the money. I'll never be caught and I'll give it to the gospel. I'll give 20%, God. <laughs> give me a break. No, that's, that's not faith. Faith has to be with what the Word says and what your assignment is. I saw people in the faith movement, oh, I'm believing for an airplane. What well, do you need an airplane for? I just need it. My favorite preacher has an airplane. I'm believing for an airplane. Have you ever flown? No. Why do you need an airplane? Because they have an airplane. Well, God didn't call you to have an airplane. I went and preached in a church years ago and I said, where's the pastor? So, well, he left. I said, why? And this is a small country church. He said, he got to believe in for an airplane. I said, oh, was he traveling a lot? No. He and everything was gone. He finally got discouraged and disappointed at God because he didn't get his airplane. Well, it didn't take a rocket scientist. He was never called to have an airplane. Never mind. Okay. Okay. So grace... The, the question's always asked, well, you're saying I can live any way I want to live. I can live in sin. Paul was asked this four different times. And, you know, he said, God forbid. Sin is bad for you. It will destroy your life. He said, God forbid that we would use His grace to sin. See, but you don't understand grace if you think that that's the way it is because grace doesn't give us a license to sin. Grace empowers us to overcome sin. Amen. The Bible says that grace teaches us to put out all ungodliness. And the more I can learn in my relationship with Him and start believing what He says, I can be free. Okay. Okay. So the wages of sin is still death. Sin is always and will be an enemy to our lives. And it will destroy your life. First John 3, 3, it's amplified. Everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses or purifies himself just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, and guiltless. This time out, those that have this hope in the Lord to, to be with him, to see him, They purify themselves. Everyone who is born again or accepted the Lord has a desire on the inside of them to be holy, to have their life purified, to walk out the process uh, of sanctification. You have been, there's two positions of sanctification. You've been placed and set apart in Christ, sanctified, but there's a sanctification for your soul and your body or living out in this life. So, I want to address this question, which um, got asked a few times by uh, people wanting to understand this. People have asked, once saved, always saved. Or can I lose my salvation? And uh, the Bible's really clear about this. So, uh, let's jump into it. James chapter 2, verse 10. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. And the law, the law is kind of like a glass plate window. You can shoot a BB through it and have a small hole. You can take a brick and throw through it and have a, 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 a big hole. But still, it cannot be repaired, it has to be replaced. And that's, that's the way it is for us. God sees sin as you missed the mark, that's it. And if you mess one part up, you have messed them all up. You've missed it. So God looks at sin a little different than we look at it as far as salvation. You can have, And I've had people say, this person, I say "Uh, a person having an affair, committing adultery, does not confess their sins and they die in an accident, I know they're going straight to hell. People say that. They're going straight to hell. Well, the, the only problem with this is if God has paid the price for all sins that's been, that's been paid for, was adultery in that. Yeah, it was, it was in that. What about the person who goes down the road, they go one mile over the speed limit? When the Bible says to obey the laws of the land. You're just as much in sin as the one that was committing adultery. And when you give this example, they go, Oh, I mean the big sins. So you've got to understand God is perfect. Perfection. All it takes is one little slip up. And when Jesus brought it from the actual activity to the thought. That changed a lot. (laughs) Well, I didn't do it, but I thought it. Sin. So, So, we have this. Religious thinking, really, that that person went to hell. But if they were a believer in Jesus Christ, they didn't. Pastor, I don't like that. Well, talk to him. Actually, when you understand, you like it. You like it. If the born-again believer who committed adultery and didn't repent before dying goes straight to hell, then the speeder goes too. Both come up short to God's standard of perfection. God doesn't grade on the curve like your favorite high school teacher. You can do the best you can, you still come up short. Well, Lord, will you accept me on? I tried hard. I really tried. Will you accept me based on that? No. You either have to be perfect or you have to be, you have to have a Savior who is perfect. You have to have a Rescuer who is perfect in your behalf. Well, I tried, Lord. Doesn't cut it. The only ones in heaven are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus who he made, who he made perfect. Well, what about this, once saved and always saved? The Bible doesn't teach that. Well, Pastor, you've been talking about having assurance. You can have assurance. and you'll, Let me just read it to you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, and become partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew themselves again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and put him to open shame. So if a person falls uh, away, there is no more sacrifice. And when you read this in Hebrews, it's talking about once and for all our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, sacrificed and paid the price for eternal redemption. And this is what's, this is in there saying, if you fall away, if you turn away, Jesus isn't going to be crucified again. In other words, you can't be born again again. Now, how did you get into the kingdom? It wasn't through anything you did except you believed and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're on C. Um, well, I'll bring that up in just a minute. If the sacrifice is voided, it cannot be reapplied. Hebrews 10, 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He's faithful for that promise. See, salvation is received, and it's maintained By keeping your faith in Christ. So there was people who were being slain. It's interesting when you really listen to the news. You see what ISIS, what these people say. Or even uh, those that have come against Christianity throughout the ages. They say, if you will renounce the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll stop the torture. Or we'll let you go. And that's the work of the enemy. He likes and would love to get where he steals and destroys your eternity with God. What I'm talking about, you can, no one can pluck you out of his hand, but you can renounce and reject Christ yourself because you still have a choice. Now, it would be the worst and the craziest thing you've ever done. But it, it can't happen. I'll tell you how in just a minute. I have a friend that, I don't mean, know if I can talk about it, who we used to run around, talk about the Lord, just love God together. But to this day, I'm not sure if he's even with God. He had some disappointments, had some things happen, and he turned it against God and tried to talk to him several things, times, and uh, it didn't go over, and to this day, I would say he doesn't even know he's turned from God. Now, only God knows and can judge that, but Kenneth Hagin who many of you know? I, that's why I grew up on this reading Kenneth Hagin. But he had a case where he's praying for a pastor's wife, and uh, the Lord said, "Stop praying." They were separated. Said, "Stop praying," and um, he had trouble with that. And said, "Why?" And the Lord led him to the scripture, and he he saw had a, a vision of this the pastor's wife, and she had a beautiful voice, could sing, and said. A spirit came and whispered to her and said, You have a beautiful voice. You can be famous. You can make it big. And she dismissed it. She rejected it. It went. But the third time, she entertained it. And he saw like the size of a little dime get into her, her brain. In her soul is what it was. And time went by. God sent person after person after person after person to minister to her. And then one day, some youth came to her door, and they told her about Jesus, and she said, to hell with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when she did, he saw that thing that had grown. It went from a a dime to a quarter. It got bigger. It shot down from her head into her heart and went spread out through her heart black dark and he said that's the reason I want you praying again she has rejected Christ and the finished work now personally I don't know there's degrees of punishment and the degrees of rewards that are talked about in scripture can you imagine someone knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord then turning your back when you knew the truth the punishment the anguish anyway Uh, for this to happen that's what I want to talk about for anyone would ever reject the Lord their heart has to become hardened and like I said God is so merciful so good that he's working and I'll show you some of that uh, next week but this takes a period of time I think about the frog in the water you know the Illustration where you turn on the heat slowly and you can cook the, the the frog. If you put the frog in, the water was hot to start with, it jumped straight out. But you can cook it slowly and it will stay in there. Sin dulls your perception, your wisdom. It can put you in a fog. Your understanding's distorted. Uh, it opens the door to the to enemy and all kinds of different things can happen to you. And it starts hardening your heart to where um, there's no longer conviction for sin. You don't feel bad. You just you go on, and this this hardening's taking place. And if you continue it long enough, the enemy can get you to the point you're so hard that you come against God. You turn your back on on the Lord. And Hebrews chapter three, verse twelve. See to it, brothers. These are believers that none of you have has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. An unbelieving heart that refuses to cleave and trust and rely on the Lord. When you look this up in the, in the Greek, that's what it means. And the turn away actually means to turn from or to desert the Lord. You leave him. He didn't leave you. You left him. Now it says hardened. Uh, actually means to settle. To settle into rebellion. You become so established. And settled into your rebellion. By the deceitfulness of sin. And that means by the lies, deception, and trickery. Which the delusive glamour of sin portrays. It's all a lie, but it's out there and people can get their hearts hardened. So how, who can do this? Who can renounce or reject their salvation? And we see here, just uh, in your notes, tasted the heavenly gift, that means you must be truly born again. There are some people who maybe have rejected or said uh, things against Christ, and yet they're not really born again because maybe they do were coerced into it or just did to get some out or by But this means taste of the heavenly gift. They have to truly be born again. Number two, partakers of the Holy Spirit. And this is the second work in the Holy Spirit would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you have the first work is salvation, which is the well of salvation. you find in John chapter four and John chapter 7 it talks about rivers, that's an infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is for ministry. The wells for personal use, the rivers for ministry to all those around you. Number three, tasted the good word of God. This means that you've eaten, digested, swallowed the word of God it means that you're not just a casual reader but you've gotten in the word and you found out that it's life and it's good and it's nourishing and it's fulfilling so uh, it's not a novice it's someone who's gotten in the word number four tasted the powers of the age to come is speaking of tapping into the mind of Christ and the gifts of the spirit exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit so You must be a mature believer before you can actually renounce and reject your salvation. Now, I was saying you choose to get into the family not by uh, any goodness or good works that you have done. It's through belief, trust, and reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do you get out of the family? You renounce and reject. You have faith. You have distrust in Christ you you reject him and the Bible says you can find it in Romans chapter one but God they, re, they forsook the Lord and turned from him and said God gave him a reprobate mind. reprobate mind means beyond hope and that means that when a person hits the stage God removes his holy Spirit. And think about it, the Holy Spirit's not going to stay where the righteousness of God is in there. The Holy Spirit's removed. There's no conviction of sins. And these people will do anything. It it says there in Romans that they uh, enjoy and they like and enjoy the company of those that do it. So it's a serious thing um, to walk in this. Now, can you have assurance of your salvation? At the same time, know that Uh, this is a possibility, I believe you can. I don't go around thinking, oh, I got to watch myself. I don't want to reject Christ today. (laughs) I'm in fear. I'm really in a lot of fear that I'm going to renounce Christ. (laughs) Never crosses my mind. I just want you to know that the possibility is there. You could say it and not believe it in your heart. I'm not gonna illustrate it because I just don't wanna say it. I was gonna I'll just say it. I weren't but I wanna say it. <laughs> but I don't believe that in my heart, so it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. I'm talking about this is this is not something that you walk into. Um it's not like miss, losing your keys. You misplace your keys. It's not like that. How, how do you how do you lose someone that lives on the inside of you? <laughs> I have to reject and renounce for him to leave. So I don't think it happens very often because I do believe that God is so merciful, He sends so many people uh you know to minister to you. I, I don't I don't. I think most people <laughs> uh before it gets to that point. They, they listen to God and they, they get out. But next week, uh, we'll really fit in with some of this and, uh, because it was really a possibility of someone walking in this situation and God had mercy on them. And I'll show you. It might surprise you the way he did. Let's bow our, let's bow our heads. I know this wouldn't a uh, rip worn, shout them up message, but, you know, we need to know the truth. And we need to know we need to know that God's word you can't just pick out this part and that part. You've got to leave this earth with this intact that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I totally trust in him for my salvation. You've got to endure to the, to the end of your life with that established and fixed in your life. Hallelujah. And I think we all want that. It's a choice. Now, you harden your heart by start turning from God. It's a slow process. You stop praying, you stop coming to church. You stop doing the things. You stop singing to him and praising him. You stop doing those things and you slowly start getting hardened. See, what I believe if you're not giving your love to God, we're made to love that that love's going somewhere else. And that becomes a part of your your makeup, your life. And you start, if it's not the Lord, you start turning the wrong direction and you start hardening your heart. God still loves you, even with a hardened heart. He still loves you. He's married to the backslider. He loves you. The problem is when our hearts harden, we don't love him as much. And it gets to be less and less. And the enemy would like nothing more to get a believer to renounce and reject so great a salvation. To reject the Father's love. See, when a a unbeliever sins, they they sin against the law. When a believer sins, they're sinning against love. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that you are a God of grace and truth. You're so merciful and you're so good. But Lord, we thank You. And we, we want to keep a, reverent, a reverence for You. And we see in Your Word that it is possible for those to reject, even after knowing You, to reject their, their great salvation, to reject You. And Lord, we just pray and believe that none of that will be a part of our lives, that we'll stay connected and strong with You. We're not going to turn away. We're not going to leave the Lord. We're going to stick with Him. If today you never called upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, whoever shall call upon Him shall be saved. How do you call upon Him? You call upon Him as Lord and Savior. The Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. You will be saved. If every head bowed, no one looking around at you, just lift your hand and say, I need to accept Jesus Christ today. And maybe you prayed this before, but you realize you're not in fellowship with God. You're not connected the way you need to be connected. And you need to get right with God. Just lift your hand. Anyone in this place. Thank you, Lord. We're all believers. I want to say one thing. Maybe... You're stagnant. And sometimes you need to ask the Lord, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Sometimes you need to stir some things and say, Lord, I want that joy, that joy of salvation. You think He's not going to answer a prayer like that? Absolutely He is. He's looking for your will that He can release His grace in your behalf. So if that's you, no one look around and say, I want the joy of my salvation restored. Just lift your hand. Yes. it's a lot of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call out to you. We ask you to restore the joy of our salvation. Lord, we've been stagnant. It seems like the, the fire's gone out, but we want to be on fire for you. We want to be radical for you. And Lord, we will do as you empower us and strengthen us. We're going to pray. We're going to praise. We're going to study your word. We're going to speak forth what you say. And Lord, I thank you for lighting the fuse. I thank you for lighting the fire in each of these. In joy, unspeakable and full of glory for all that you've done for us, we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name.